Welcome to Wealthy Muslim Women Podcast, a resource for Muslim women to learn about money, how to create it, grow it, and to protect it. Money is easy. All that's needed is the right mindset. I'm your host, Dr. Saima Ali, with life coaching tools to truly help you create wealth in all areas of your life. Welcome to another very special episode of Wealthy Muslim Woman. Today, I have an amazing guest with us. She is a trauma acute care surgeon and a mindfulness and productivity coach. I believe once you learn to manage your mind and your time by being more productive, really the sky is the limit. And Dr. Sharif helps women achieve exactly that. I will read her bio in her own words because it's just so amazing on what she can help you achieve. So Dr. Serene Sharif is a trauma acute care surgeon and mindfulness and productivity coach who helps high performing women struggling with burnout and overwhelm to take control of their time, mind and energy. Her maps or mindfulness and productivity systems framework is a powerful tool that combines the energy of mindfulness with the scientific principles of habit building and your unique system of productivity. Her goals are to help you discover clarity, design your dream life, and build nano habits as well as mindful productivity systems that help you live your best life. And you can contact Dr. Serene at serenitywellnessmd at gmail.com or on her website, serenitywellnessmd.com. I'll put these in the show notes as well so you're able to access them easier. And she is also starting a 21-day habit challenge in December as well. So you can read all about that by on her social media and on her website. And of course, I'll be leaving all the links in the show notes. So let's hear from Dr. Sharif. Thank you so much, Dr. Sharif, for coming on this podcast today. I, you have no idea how long I've waited to get you on my podcast. And I am just super excited to hear what you have to say. I have some questions about what you do. But first, I'll love it if you could introduce yourself to everybody and tell them a little bit about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I'm excited to be here and chat. I know we've been we've been trying for a little while to get together. So um, I love it that we're we're finally having this conversation. So, you know, really, uh, I'm Serene Sharif. I'm a general acute care and trauma surgeon. And I like to tell people that it's my, my, you know, my career. And then being a mom to three um, active kiddos, I have an eight-year-old, 13 and a 16-year-old. And so I'm living the elementary, middle and high school life all at once. So it's really like all of those that kind of brought me to coaching. I think 
as many people who have children who are working crazy hours and, you know, really just even trying to find time for themselves can identify with this. It gets to be a lot. You know, I, I really thought that, okay, if I just was a little bit more productive or a little bit more hardworking or, you know, like somehow found the magic, I could do it all. And, and, you know, while growing, we're told, okay, you know, girls, you can do everything, but what, I think is not really shared with with anyone with kids as they grow up is that yes you can do anything but really trying to do everything is the first way to to fail. And so I really thought it was something wrong with me that I couldn't somehow balance at all and you know as I started struggling with just finding personal time or time with my husband or even time to parent time to just do be be there be present in that moment I realized you know what no matter how hard I worked no matter all the you know secret tips that I tried it was just not enough. And, um, and I did feel a lot of shame and self-blame and guilt in that situation. Cause you know, looking around, I just felt like everyone else was figuring it out and doing the right things. And there was something really wrong with me that I wasn't able to figure it out. So I started kind of coming out, you know, and telling people more and saying, you know, I'm, I'm really kind of struggling with this. Like, how can I get help? So I started getting coached and understood that, you know, like I don't have to feel alone and, and it's okay to say that I don't want to do everything, you know? So at that point, I I had enough help and support for me to realize that it didn't matter if I stood on my head and did everything that this is really like what I'm asking of myself is not humanly possible. So with, with that general understanding, I decided, you know, I don't want to keep pushing myself. And I handed in my resignation. I decided to take some time for my full-time, you know, general surgery slash trauma life. And, And I think that was the kindest thing that I ever did to myself just to say, you know, take a breath, you know, give yourself a little time and, and why don't you figure out what it is that you want to do? There are lots of ways that we can actually figure it out. I mean, I think if I had enough support, I probably could have figured it out in my, you know, in my then current job. But I think that I was, ju- I had just dug myself into such a deep hole that this was the way for me. And, and I, I, you know, I just want to caution because I don't want everyone to feel like, oh, they have to quit their job to figure out who they are. I think that you can figure it out if you have the appropriate support. But at that time, that was like the place that I was. And I really just needed to take a deep breath and say, okay, what's going on? Who am I? What do I really even want in life anymore? Wow. That, that is so deep. And it, it's so funny that you had all these thoughts about something being wrong with you. And you, when you know, if we're looking from outside, you're a trauma surgeon. You're somebody who's study hard, obviously, all their life, because that's what it takes to become a doctor. And you not only finished, you know, undergrad, medical school, residency, where you had to work 24-hour shifts, even probably longer back in the day, and, you know, doing surgeries on people, saving lives, and then having these thoughts in the back of your head that, you know, something is wrong with me, I cannot keep this balance in my life. So just coming from somebody that, you know, from, from outside, we would say, wow, you have it all together. You're, you have your life together. So just knowing that, that people experience those, 
those at that level of success, it's kind of reassuring that something is not necessarily wrong with us, <laughs> that we probably just need a little different perspective. And as you said, take a breath and just step back. How old were your kids? What, where, when did you decide to step back from the full-time job as a trauma surgeon? Yeah. So, you know, I think if, if out of everything that we talk about today, really my biggest message is for everyone to not feel alone, not feel like they're the only one, you know, who's like struggling with somehow balancing and, and integrating what their work needs are, or even, you know, I mean, we think that it's just work, right? But even at home, like just managing all of the home needs is also a lot of, it takes a lot of energy and time and thought. So parenting, um, you know, managing home needs, managing work needs, it, we're all having struggles. So please don't feel alone. And please don't feel like something is wrong. I think that's my biggest message. So I was my youngest was probably about four years old. And I remember actually, she's, she's, she's a huge catalyst in, in, I think a lot of things in my life, because um, she's sort of my miracle baby, you know, my older to our boys, and we were done. And, you know, we don't talk a lot about fertility issues, I think, but generally speaking, you know, I, I really, it, it took a few years for each of them. And so, um, you know, she was sort of my surprise baby. And so I feel so blessed, but she's really very philosophical and kind of really pushes me to think beyond where I am right now, even now that we are, you know, it, it's, she's now eight. So, so she was about four years old and, um, one day I came home after a week and a call feeling really exhausted and almost defeated. And she just made me kind of stop in my thoughts. And she, she told me, she said, you know, Uma, like, I don't understand. You're gone all the time. And even when you're home, you're tired and you're exhausted and you don't have energy to be with me. And, you know, I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm, I just feel so sad that you're not here. And she's like, I, I know she's four. And I'm like, oh my God. And she said, I, I just, I can't imagine. Like, you know, she's just like talking about her life and her life experience, but feeling so sad that she's in this, you know, like house with boys. And, you know, she's like, I just, I wish that you were here. And I realized that, you know, me trying to like squeeze, you know, a few moments here and there and try to be like with them, it's just, it, it wasn't enough. And even my, my boys were really struggling with behavioral issues. And, you know, I mean, I had all the help, I had nannies and babysitters, but I realized, you know, what they really wanted was their mom. And working 80 to 100 hour weeks, like I just, I mean, I'm so exhausted. Like I just could not, even when I'm there physically, I just felt like I was so exhausted. I just couldn't give them that connection that they were looking for. Wow. So th there were your push kind of too. Yeah. And yeah. bring you back. And, and I think also <laughs> yeah. like, just to say, you know what? I mean, why am I expecting myself to do something that is, you know, like that's not even where I was anymore, you know, emotionally and philosophically. So I loved my job and I felt like I was giving, you know, all of the good parts of me, my good energy to my patients. And I loved my patients, but, you know, I, I didn't want my family to, to not have, you know, my good energy as well. You know, like I was trying to figure out how do I do this in a way that I still get to be a physician, that I still get to be a surgeon, but, um, but I'm not giving my, my family sort of my leftovers, you know, like 
50% effort. You know, I wanted to also give my best at home. And so I, I knew that I needed to pivot. And that's really just where I went to go. You know, now, um, four years later, I feel like really, I'm so blessed. Um, it didn't happen this way, by the way. It was really like, I kept tweaking little bits by little bit to see, okay, what can I do next, you know, and, and kind of taking one step at a time. But now I work part time, I still do trauma acute care, I still get to have amazing interactions with my patients. And I'm, I feel so grateful and blessed for that. But at the same time, I am home, I, you know, I get to do drop off and pick up and I get to be the first person, you know, like to hear about their struggles and including my teenagers, you know, like, I feel like I have such a different relationship with them that is really just because I have the time to be human and to also like take care of myself and, and, you know, kind of design how I wanted my parenting to be my, you know, myself, like relationship with self, my relationship with my husband or my parents even, you know, and, and all of the things that we think about when we are rested and we are, um, you know, we've taken care of ourselves. Yeah. What, what were some of the steps that you had to take or some of the things that you had to learn to implement when you decided to step back? I'm sure that probably was not easy, especially uh, we, we, the work, especially as a physician, uh, because how long it's taken us to get here, it becomes our identity. We, mm -hmm. we feel like we're leaving ourselves back when we step back from our work and from our, this world. This is what we've known since probably forever because the pre-med road is just so long, right? Like even when you're in college, all you're thinking about is getting into medical school and the pre-med classes and then, then the steps that you have to take and then the res gruesome residencies that you have to do. And then, so our whole life has revolved around getting to this point. So just accepting that, that it's time to let go, that's a huge in itself. How did you come about that? Uh, yeah, well, you know, and as you were saying, I mean, your whole identity becomes about that. So when I, when I was in the process of, okay, like, how do I, uh, this is before I even quit my job. Cause I, I tried for, for a few years, actually, when I recognized I was really burnt out and I was really, you know, kind of struggling with that work-life integration and wanting to kind of, you know, do that, that perfectionism comes back in that is really honed by our training, but that perfectionism comes into our personal life well you know like I want to do a good job in all of the roles and sort of understanding where the boundaries are so so as I started to explore like who I am even outside of being a surgeon because that was I think pretty much all I knew to do I didn't um, at that time I actually didn't know how to cook I didn't know how to balance a checkbook I mean I, I actually didn't even know how to write a check I, I know it's, this is very embarrassing to, to admit but you know I'm, I'm owning my identity of the fact that I really didn't know how to do anything else um, and even parenting you know um, my um, in the beginning really my husband was doing a lot of it you know I had my mom help and then the nannies and the babysitters and I just when I step back and I try to figure out well how would I do this it really was just so scary because I'm like okay I, I mean how do I do it so I really honestly I tackled it the way I did everything else I, I decided okay well if I don't know how to do something I, I take a class or I take a course or I ask other people how do you do it and that was about the time that I discovered YouTube and YouTube is honestly my husband my biggest friend like how do you make chicken curry or how do you 
you know, like make a budget. So I just started writing down all the things that I, you know, I, I wished that I knew or I wanted to learn. And I just started learning one step at a time and then tweaking it again, you know, cause you can't really do everything. And I would say the biggest superpower that I really learned is, is just learning to say no to others and to myself, because even when you go part-time, so I, about that time I started, I decided, you know what? this is a good time. I love to teach. And I've already been teaching medical students, both in clinical years, but also doing a few like guest lecture kind of things at my local medical school. So um, I actually got a job as a a part-time faculty at the medical school. And so I was teaching them clinical skills and ultrasound skills and, you know, things like that. It kind of, my role kind of grew, but it was really realizing I need to say no, even if it all sounds amazing. So the more no's that I learned to say, you know, with compassion for them, as well as for myself, I I realized, you know, this is how I get to be good at something. It's by like really cutting down and only doing a couple of things that I really genuinely cared about. Um, And that it's okay that, you know, maybe this year, this is what I want to focus on. And maybe next year I'll do something else. So not to kind of have to do all everything all at once. So so that's really how I explored, you know, what I want to do. I love to bake. Um, It's something that I learned. And and I actually did like for about six to eight months, maybe I did a baking business and, you know, it was sort of my dream to have like my baked goods in a coffee shop. And, you know, so I explored all of my bucket list of things that really explored who I am as a person and what my interests are and, you know, how I define myself, not just sort of single dimensionally, but this multidimensional, you know, exploration. And we do that as a kid, right? We try all of these things and we figure out, oh, I like to play this game and I like to do this. And this is the kind of food I like, but it's very different to explore that as an adult, because you can't, you know, you have a totally different experience. So it was really an amazing experience. I'm, I'm grateful that I had the opportunity to kind of explore that. Yeah. And how did you come up to be the productivity and mind wellness coach? I'm assuming that was part of the whole journey. Yeah. Uh, but I'd love to hear how did you get there? Yeah. So I've always been fascinated by productivity. You know, I would say that that's really the way that I kind of got through medical school residency being, you know, like I had children through medical school residency and practice. So just trying to figure out, okay, how can I really maximize my time? And, and I got to be, I'll say like multitasker expert. Um, this was before people realized that multitasking is really like the bane of productivity. So, you know, so I was like, okay, how do I do like 10 things at the same time? Cause that's how I maximize my time. And, and I, I really got into, I really got into habit building as a way to automate and make my routine sort of, you know, ease my mental fatigue. So my routines are the easy way that I can get some of my, you know, the things that I want to done. Um, and I, I actually started teaching this to the medical students. I, I started doing lectures and, and kind of workshops around that. And I realized, wow, this is really pretty cool. This was about the time uh, I had already been getting coached for some time. So I started exploring coaching as a 
I started getting coach training essentially as a way for me to kind of um, deepen my own understanding and my own experience. And what I realized is the thing, you know, all my life, I've been using these productivity tools, but the thing that was really missing was mindfulness and was really stopping the multitasking, stopping the doing 20 things, but really experiencing each of my roles or each of my, you know, each of the things that I was doing with really deep love, understanding, compassion, and joy. And so as I started putting these tools together and, and sharing it with others, I, you know, I started seeing the impact on myself and in others. And, and I realized, you know, this is really where I feel this is really where the magic is. And so, you know, sometimes when you find something that you're so passionate and excited about, that's how you start sharing with others and, and teaching others. And that's kind of, you know, it, it's just something that grew from the space of me trying to figure out, okay, how does this all work? And then understanding, wow, this is amazing. And, you know, I think other people need to know about it so they can also experience the magic of it. Yes. Um, can you please tell us a little bit about what NanoHabit is and what MAP is? I, I read these terms under your website and I'd sure. love to know what they entail. Sure. Um, so, you know, I love acronyms and that's really the only, <laughs> only reason it, it kind of grew. So MAPS is really just a way to combine, it, it's mindfulness and productivity systems is what it is. And it's just a way for us to take all of the things, the overwhelm that is in our life, the to-do list, the calendar, the expectations, you know, to kind of simplify it so that we can do what we want to do and do it in a way that is fun, enjoyable, and really it flows. It's the flow state that you experience when you're doing something that you just feel like, wow, it just kind of all worked out. How did that happen? So what it is, is really looking at, and, and nano habits or really habits, I think, are a way for us to kind of break down the overwhelm and make our everyday tasks routine so we do not experience that mental clutter or the decision fatigue that comes from, you know, I mean, imagine your everyday life, you wake up in the morning, okay, now you got to get breakfast ready, you know, everyone needs to wake up, they need to get to school, if that's what it is, or work, or, you know, there are tasks that need to be get completed. And then, and then you look around, you can't find your socks, or you can't find, you know, there's so many things, you know, then you have to figure out, okay, how, what, clothes are you going to wear? What is, you know, do we, do you have everything that you need for breakfast? Do you have everything? Are you going to pack your lunch? Do you have everything you need for that? And then as you go through your everyday life, where do you fit in your wellness? You know, are you getting the right nutrition? Are you eating? Are you hydrating? Are you going to the bathroom? Are you, you know, did you pick up the dry cleaning? Did you pick up groceries? I mean, imagine the amount of decisions that you have to make on a daily basis. And then that's not even thinking, okay, kids have different activities. They have different needs. They have homework. Are there, is there a laundry done? Is it put away? Um, so if, if I start listing, honestly, all of the things, right, that we have to think about, we have to make decisions on, and we have to implement in a way that doesn't make us feel like, oh my God, my head is going to explode. I'm so exhausted just dealing with all of the decision making. And at the end of the day, you still have decisions to make. What am I going to eat for dinner? 
you know, how easy it is at the end of the day to feel like I am so exhausted. I don't even care. And then you do things that maybe wasn't how you intended for your day to be. You eat food that maybe, you know, you're like, "Ah, I know I was going to cut out sugar, but you know, I'm so exhausted. I'm just going to eat this piece of cake or I'm going to eat, you know, whatever I didn't plan for a dinner or you are going to work out, but you don't do it because it's just, you're tired. Your brain is exhausted. So what maps and what habits do is it makes your everyday life more of a routine with still, there's plenty of time for you to do the things you want to be creative with. I mean, you know, I'm very much into creating white space in your calendar. So you can do extra things. You can have the creativity, but the, the everyday stuff, make it into a habit And when you're building habits, the sort of the simple, smallest step of a habit is a nano habit is, you know, there are different terms, you might have read the book atomic habits or tiny habits, there's so many ways to describe it, but it's really just the simplest way that you build a habit. And at the end of the day, these are things you don't need to think about. Your, your meal plans are already implemented, your, you know, how you manage kids homework or laundry, etc. It's already implemented as a habit. And, and then you, you know, you kind of pull your children and your family into it. So you're not the only person implementing it, but at the end of it, you get these, you know, habits that flow, you know, one after the other, we call it habit stacking, where you, you build one habit on top of another. And at the end of the day, you don't feel like your head is spinning in a million ways. You're, you're relaxed, you know, maybe your day was still, you know, there's a lot going on because that's just how busy lives are but you don't feel completely depleted. How do you get your energy back? How do you get your, you know, um, like at the end of the day, you're like, oh, I I feel great. I want to do other stuff. How do you get that feeling of creativity back? And that's really what the system and the habit building is designed to do. It's to help you kind of get over that overwhelm and get to that place of, you know, ease and flow. Wow, thank you. Now, my podcast is mainly about money and finances. And uh, to leave a trauma surgeon job, I think you you probably have to analyze your finances quite well as well. So tell me how comfortable you felt leaving. And then how did you feel comfortable with your finances and money and making sure everything was in place so you could take this break? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. So I'll be honest with you. So what happened is that I, when I, when I was gonna, you know, quit my job, I mean, literally I walked in Monday morning and had it in my resignation letter. I did not. And as a, a finance you know, coach, you're probably like laughing, but I actually did not think about it. And, and the reason I didn't is because I had been so busy doing all of the other, you know, things that I really didn't have a good understanding of my finances. So, you know, the, 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 you know, the wonderful thing, you know, Alhamdulillah is that after four years, I can say that I have a very good understanding of my finances and and how I was going to manage things. I think when I decided to quit my sort of underlying belief is, you know, I, I have good skills. I um, am a hard worker. I know that 
I will find my way. Um, so I had that belief in myself and, um, and that belief of abundance, I think, is part of it too, that, you know, if I do things for the right reason, if I, you know, believe and I'm, I'm doing, you know, the right thing, I'm doing things that are good for others, that good will come back to me. So I really did it. I mean, and, and I actually didn't work for a few months because I really did take that time off as just completely just allowing my brain to reset. So that is my first thing as far as, you know, a habit that I, you know, to, to believe in that, the abundance, you know, to giving others as a way that you do build abundance to, and receiving yourself. And I think all of those, um, I was really very much into like law of attraction, affirmation, and, you know, the, the belief that, you know, good things will happen too to us when we do good and we believe in good and we're really putting that out into the world. So that's one thing. The second thing is, you know, when I stopped, that's really when I realized, okay, I better start looking at my finances because I'm not working anymore. I'm not really bringing in an income. So what does this mean? And so I started just educating myself. Initially, there was a lot of overwhelm. There was a lot of, oh my God, I don't know this. I don't know that. And like I said, you know, when I, when I don't know something, I really go into more of a student mode. And, and so I started looking at, okay, what are my knowledge gaps? What do I need to learn? And interestingly, there's a lot of information out there on finances. So it did get like, even just as a student mode, there was a lot to learn. Um, but I decided, you know, how I'm going to do it is first, I'm going to have a budget. I'm going to make sure that I cut out all of my extraneous expenses and even doing locums now, you know, working part-time, it was, it was a choice. I could work full-time and, you know, obviously make more money and save and all that, or I could work part-time and be, be thoughtful, be intentional in how I spend my money. It doesn't mean that I don't do all the things that I love to do, because I do believe that, you know, just saving and not, um, and not doing the things that you want to do, you know, that, that doesn't actually help with your money abundance and um, your money management. So um, I work very intentionally to see, okay, what is it that I love to do? And that's where I'm going to spend my money, but all of the extra stuff, I, I am careful with it because, you know, honestly, time, money, you can make again, but time is something that you will never make again, right? So the time that I have to, to be with my children or to, to take care of myself or to spend with my husband, like I'm never going to get that time back. And all of the money in the world is not going to help me with that. So, um, so that's really kind of how I decided to build my habit around. So my habit for finances is really just being intentional, building a budget, um, having, um, it's, it was very easy in the beginning to kind of go into a little bit of scarcity thinking and thinking, oh, well, I don't have, you know, I don't have enough money, so I, I can't do any of the things. And initially, like, that's where I went, you know, I was like, oh, I gotta, like, cut all my spending. And so I went into the space of, okay, I, I can't do anything, I can't spend anything. But then as I started to kind of, you know, um, uh, monitor myself, and, and I looked at what I was doing and what I wasn't, I realized, you know what, it's okay. Yes, maybe I'm not gonna, you know, save for, all of the college education or, you know, like retirement, but that that's fine. Again, you know, things will happen the way it's meant to, but today, what am I doing? And, um, and you know, what brings me joy? 
I think Marie Kondo's book, you know, um, the about like really sparking joy and, and finding what sparks your joy is so important. So I, I do spend money on coaching for myself. Um, I spend money on um, doing things with my family because these are all things that spark joy for me. And I looked at what wasn't sparking joy, which was a lot of actually buying things that I didn't need. So now I'm like very much decluttered. I am, if I'm going to buy something for the house or for my kitchen, I really am thoughtful. Okay. Do I need this? You know, before I used to just, you know, like I loved cooking and I was learning to cook. So I used to buy a lot of things for the kitchen. And, and then I'm like, my kitchen is so cluttered. I can't, I can't use anything in it. So now, even if there's something that I'm like, that's really cool. But I ask myself, first of all, is there space? And second, is there something else I can use instead? I mean, is this really something that is going to spark joy and bring something that is an added value? And, and even if, if I say yes to those, I wait a couple of months. So I think that's like, there's so many areas where we spend money without even realizing and, and um, having a, a, a habit of budgeting and monitoring where you spend really creates so much deep awareness on what your money is going towards. Because it's very easy, like when you don't, pay attention to that to just say, huh, like, you know, like it was an extra a thousand this month and I don't even know where it went. But when you, you know, when you spend time budgeting, you kind of realize, oh, this is where it went. Okay. Is that important? Do I want to continue doing that? Or maybe that's a place that I need to be more intentional in how I spend it. So I think that would be the, the biggest lessons that I learned as far as financial management. Wow. Thank you so much. No, so many important points that I took away from today. And I think the most important was, is that you are not alone in this and everybody's struggling with something and we are all human beings. And most of the time we all share our struggle. Our struggles are usually the same. You don't have enough time. We're not spending enough time with the family. We don't, you know, money wise, budget wise, everything is about the same. So we're all in this boat together. I think that was the most important takeaway for me. How are you working with coaching right now? So are you, and where can people go to get more information on that regarding your coaching? Yeah, absolutely. So they can go to my website. It is serenitywellnessmd.com. And there's actually so many different ways that people can consume, if you will, some of the content that I share. And a lot of it is actually free. I have a podcast, Mindfulness and Productivity Systems podcast, where I talk to others who have kind of gone through maybe their own personal transformation or are going through something and really learning from each other. Because just like you said, you know, I think the key thing about all of this is that we're not alone and we're all sharing. We all have our unique experiences, but we are all humans going through this journey, right? So there's so much we can learn from each other and even get, you know, inspired by some of the things. Um, I definitely find a lot of inspiration in others and when they share things or even just sort of inspiration to keep going in what I'm doing. So the podcast shares a lot of that information. Um, and I also talk about, you know, a little bit on the productivity, habit building, mindfulness, you know, some, some strategies that you can take and used on a daily basis, because we want it to be easy and doable. If it's something that's really hard and complicated, you know, none of us can really apply that in our busy lives. 
I also have a Facebook page as well as a group for women who are interested in exploring more on mindfulness and productivity systems. And it's on Facebook. It's actually just called Mindfulness and Productivity Systems for Women. And I share a lot of information there as well. And for someone who, you know, really wants to go that next step and apply this to their their lives and figure out, you know, how do I create mindfulness and how do I create connection and flow and ease and all of the things in my own life, uh, then I do offer some uh, one-on-one coaching at this time is actually the only thing that I'm doing. So occasionally, I do do some group coaching and other activities, but right now there's some, you know, uh, one-on-one coaching options, and they can contact me through social media or my website or my email, which is all on my website as well. Thank you so much. Any any words of wisdom towards the end that you'd yeah. like to share? Sure, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so I think you know ultimately. Um, the question that I ask myself even now is I try to keep, you know, tinkering with my day and my schedule and my productivity, right? What I really um, ask myself when I'm doing something is, is this bringing me joy? What am I doing with my time? You know, whether it is um, attaining a spiritual goal or a personal goal or, you know, a social connection, family, et cetera. There's so many things that we work on But ultimately, how is this helping me either attain a spiritual, personal, et cetera? Like, how is it bringing joy into my life? And when we struggle with something, when we're feeling overwhelmed or feeling stuck, et cetera, really what our brain is telling us is something isn't right. And when we stop and we listen to our own mind, our own heart, our our body, when our body says we're tired, right? When we stop and listen to ourselves, I think that's where the biggest, you know, wisdom is. And for each of us, that's really where it is just asking, okay, I'm tired. What's going on? You know, maybe I need to rest today. Or did I drink enough water? I'm feeling, you know, overwhelmed. I'm feeling upset. Just listening to ourselves and asking, what do I need? And how do I give myself that? Not waiting for anybody else, my, you know, our husbands, our, or our, our spouses, our family, our children, like no one needs to give us anything because we can give ourselves that and nourish ourselves, listen to ourselves. And that's how I think we connect back to our joy and our, um, and our flow. You know, so I, I hope everyone takes a moment to just kind of, when you have those moments, just listen to yourself because you really own your wisdom. And it's just about connecting to that. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time today. And I can't wait to listen to your other podcast episodes on your uh, page and learn more of these systems. It does get overwhelming and, and all of us go through it. And especially as a mom, I think it just adds extra. And I think you, you said it right. It's not easy being a, a stay-at-home mom. You all think, you know, maybe that's easier, but they have so many responsibilities and just running the house day in, day out. I think that's, I think it's the hardest job. It's harder than me working outside. <laughs> so everybody struggles this and I just can't wait to listen to more. Thank you so much for today again. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you.